Hi, I'm Laura Stokes, and this is Walk Left, the podcast. And I'm Marty Chinua. Thanks for joining us. Laura, welcome. Before we start talking about your 2014 Toronto Fringe show, Fantastic Extravagance specifically, I'd like to talk a bit about your involvement with Steady State uh, and just sort of touch on how they were involved in bringing this show to the Fringe. Sure. Um, The Steady State Theatre Project was founded by Maya Rabinovich in 2008, and their goal is to have a company that could creatively support the development of Newark at whatever stage it's at. So whether it's an idea or a draft, getting work ready to produce. So it started as an exercise in my playwriting class at York, in Judith Rudikoff's playwriting class, and it developed into a one-woman piece that was seven minutes long and I performed it at the playground festival at at York University and then I sort of thought that was it and over the next couple years I kept kind of hearing the characters and the voices and there's the the main character her name is Eden Montgomery she's a novelist and her her new novel named Fantastic Extravagance has been nominated for the Giller Prize it's been completely misinterpreted by her ignorant public and she kind of wants to reclaim the book and tell it her way and have it understood as a great revelation on her part of her true self and in the meantime her protagonist Poppy is haunting her. So I kind of had this premise at the beginning and then I kept kind of hearing Eden's voice and you know so I'd kind of write it down and it was purely because her voice amused me. (laughs) Um, And I, you know, I say, okay, well, Eden's on a date. What does that look like? Eden's at the doctor. What does that look like? Eden's on the phone with her editor. What does that sound like? And so I kind of started to gather a few scenes. And I I was really only writing them because it kept coming. I didn't have a specific goal. I didn't have a plot in mind. And it kind of came together into a rough a rough draft was forming, and um, I started performing scenes from it. Um, I first did a scene at uh, Theatre Passmore's Crap Shoot. It's an amazing program. An artist can come and present five minutes of a new work. So whether it's a monologue or a sketch comedy or a, you know, a mime piece or clown piece or whatever, and you get five minutes and you do your thing. You don't know the order you're going to be in. They kind of randomly pull your name. You get to perform your piece. If you go over five minutes, they buzz you off the stage. It's very stressful. (laughs) At the end of, you know, the eight or ten performances, the audience votes for the piece they like best. Hmm. And that piece is invited back for a longer slot for the next crapshoot. So Hmm. you then get a ten-minute spot, and you're kind of the the headliner or whatever. So I performed a scene. It went well. I was invited back. And then I performed another scene, and then I got to come back one more time. And so people were kind of hearing Eden's voice and seeing these scenes and sort of I was getting some great feedback. And it's also amazing because you're with, you know, 10 other interesting artists who are doing cool work, and you get chatting, and, you know, they can kind of tell you what they're doing and what, you, you know, you can talk about it. So, you know, then people are kind of saying, so what's next? When's this play? And I kind of said, well, you know, <laughs> there isn't one <laughs> yet. 
But I was slowly piecing together a script, and then I saw a posting or a call for submissions for the Steady State Theater Project's Playwrights Unit. Um, and I had known Maya from, from York, from theater school, and I knew of a few people who were involved, and I thought this would be a really great group of people to develop this with. So I applied, I got into the Playwrights Unit, and basically you came in with a, ideally a script, like a draft, and you're with maybe eight to ten other playwrights, and you're kind of just all working on each other's scripts, so, you know, it took different formats with readings or stagings, or, you know, one time we would just focus on my script, and so you're getting a lot of feedback over maybe an eight-month period, and hearing it over and over and over, and and the end goal was to have a, a reading of whatever level of staging you felt you were ready for. So at the end of that process, the first year, I, I did a reading um, at the Script Scrap Festival uh, through Steady State, and it went really well, and at the end of it, I felt completely stuck. I felt like, okay, this is as far as I can get with this play, hmm. and I put it away in my drawer. And then, you know, about six months later, when Steady State was opening up for the playwright unit again, I thought, okay, let's look at this again. But I have no idea where I'm going, and I'm totally frustrated with it, and I have no ambition with this play whatsoever. And Maya was really, really instrumental that year in particular, um, last year, in pushing it forward and encouraging me. And the format had changed slightly that year because there was a new element called Scrap That, so you could... It was sort of like an open mic night, and you could try things out. So then the sort of breakthrough moment was that I have this character that I had written in the play, Poppy, the, the protagonist of Eden's novel, and she doesn't speak. And so in my original reading, I had this character who didn't speak, and so she was kind of in the shadows, and I really, what I had to do next was see, well, how does Poppy function on stage, and do we need her at all? Is she necessary? And I realized that not only is Poppy necessary, but she's sort of the lead of the show. She's sort of the anchor. And so then in the, se the second staged reading that we had um, in October, uh, was directed by Jonathan Hepner, and we did some staging, and we had Poppy on stage, and we really got to play with that, and I could suddenly see it. And afterwards, Maya said, okay, I think we're ready for Fringe. And so she, Steady State, got offered a slot, and Maya offered to produce the show, and... Here you are. Here we are. <laughs> Fringe 2014. So how did it, um, how did it start for you? How did this idea start for you? Uh, I guess I'm curious, so, where, where did Eden start? Like, I know that there was, there was a point at which there was this voice in your head uh -huh. and you wanted to put this character in these situations, mm -hmm. but what was her genesis? Her genesis was my worst self without a filter, which turns out it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, because I kind of, I mean, I, I, we're always in what we create, whether we like it or not. And, and Eden's this, this very unlikable character and people kind of respond to her as Maya would always say I hate her I hate her because <laughs> she's so she's mean and she's she's cold and she's uncooperative and she's just 
so wrapped up in her own world. She's very difficult. I'm not saying I'm like this. I'm a wonderful person. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked the idea of, you know, somebody who's struggling with their artistic process and not having to be positive about it and just being able to fully enter the the struggle and and immerse herself so fully in her work that she doesn't have time or energy to be a proper functioning part of society. So is it like a guilty pleasure for you as a yeah, writer to go there? I think that's what it was because because I really just a lot of these scenes were written out of me just like kind of giggling to myself just because it was fun to write and I ha I really wasn't thinking oh the audience will love this because I had there was no the audience was only myself right and then you know when I had about 10 different pieces of writing with this character I thought huh well it's obviously a play but you know is there a story is there an arc then what story am I telling and then that's where where it needed some guidance but yeah Eden just comes from you know that little I think that voice in your head that's you know if I could be completely self-indulgent right this might be what I sound like <laughs> if you could go there if you could go there because she says some truly horrific things to people and it's lovely <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting people that like it that you've got that it started off with you having this voice in your head uh -huh. And then you inhabited her head with this other voice yes, of one of her characters. Very... <laughs> Meta voice. It's very layered, yes. <laughs> the play is about the creative process and, you know, how we create something that is of ourselves and often for ourselves. And then what happens when you hand it over to the public? And does it belong to you or does it belong to them and do they owe you anything? And of course the answer is, well, no. And yet our whole, you know, as artists, as egotistical beings, sometimes, if our sense of self is garnered from what people have to say about our art, which we didn't create for them, but for ourselves, you know, what, is that, what does that do to us? What does that do to our our ego and our psyche and our ability to create again. Um, and I mean, this is my first play. And I don't know what the answer is to, to that question because this is the first thing that I am putting out into the actual public and not a safe theater community of people who are supporting my work, who know me and who've been with me on this journey. So, so I mean, there's definitely some some personal connections to it at this point that I didn't even realize when I was writing it. And it's interesting too that you're doing it in the fringe, which is on the one hand uh, an environment that's really receptive to new Absolutely. things, but on the other hand, you've got like it. There are people that will give you feedback yeah. probably more actively. Yeah. Um, and also because fringe is is a combination of all these artists who are in the same position. Of having created something up to this point and putting it out there and no doubt have their own experiences with their own creative process and this public who don't know me and maybe will pick this out of the fringe program and say hey that looks like something and <laughs> and then who knows so yeah 
I guess that's what we're supposed to do with what we create, is give it over. <laughs> Interesting. When we create, in many, and I would even say in most art forms, you know, you create your, your, your song or your painting or your sculpture or you write your novel and it maybe it gets edited or produced and then it's out there. But theater is, theater is so collaborative, so there's so many filters it has to go through first, you know? So, so not only has my play been through numerous iterations, you know, of, of dramaturgy and readings and workshops and, and different directors, but now being produced for Fringe, it's, you know, it's filtering first through Maya's directing the piece through her vision of the play and her interpretation and our designers and what are they seeing and what do they associate with it and then all the way down to actors who have to make choices about every moment that I've written down and and we've had some really I have a, such an amazing cast and we had some really wonderful conversations about what did I mean when I wrote this particular thing and and sometimes the answer is I don't know I just wrote it because that's what the character said so by the time an audience sees any play it's come through so many filters and so many different people have made so many different choices um, and it's not really the playwrights thing anymore it's it belongs to everybody and and that's really exciting and it's really liberating for for me in some ways if I can work through my attachment issues um, <laughs> which I think I'm doing um, but because because other people are seeing things in it that I maybe didn't intend or didn't even realize I had put there or put the seed of in there. So it's so much richer and so much more fully developed and there's there's nuances and layers that, you know, actors are finding that are so exciting because cause when I performed it and I always performed it from the beginning, I played Eden, um, and it was performed for the first time by Morgan Norwich in our, our Script Scrap Festival in the fall. And, and now it's being performed by Lindsay Clark for our Fringe show. And both of them found so many things in it, in the role that I, I just couldn't get to because, because I performed what I had written because what I had written was as far as I could go with the character. That was the plateau of my understanding of the character. So to bring somebody else in there and they find new vulnerabilities and new comic moments and new shades to the character that I, I guess they found through the writing, but that are really all their own. It makes it really exciting and really interesting to see it develop. What has it been like working with this one character over, over this period of time? Like you've obviously made clear what some of her <laughs> character, you know, uh, building blocks are. But in in working with Eden as a character over this time period, have you what what sort of nuances have you found in this character working on it? Well, I think anytime you create a character who's not likable, you have to find their redemption at some point. And I don't want to I don't want to give too much away, but I mean Ideally, the audience finds that she arrives there. You just kind of look at what, what messes people up, what, what makes people vulnerable, especially highly sensitive and neurotic people, you know? 
their childhoods, their peer group, if they are not confident in themselves. Their imaginary friends, who we call characters. Their relationships, you know, what number of disappointments would bring a person to where we meet Eden. I guess that's kind of the stem of it. And then, of course, Poppy, Eden's protagonist, is Eden. So she's, um, uh, there's, there's a line in the play where Eden's father calls Poppy, or calls Eden's imaginary friends her, her essence captured in alter ego. And I think that's probably what Poppy is, is the part of Eden that, you know, she feels she can express and that she hopes people will understand because I think, I think we, I think we write and create art because we want people to understand something about the world or ourselves or we want to understand something about ourselves um, and we put it out there and so I think that's kind of Eden's struggle is is will people will people see me and will people get me and will that be desirable it's interesting that you're talking about like there's this the the, the layering that sort of happens mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to like put you on the green couch and ask yes you analyze that. me <laughs> tell me what's wrong with no, me no no but it is no but it isn't that at all it's just it's interesting <laughs> that you're dealing with sort of these layers that I mean I feel like people probably will go to this show I hope think, they do and, <laughs> <laughs> and my sentence. Sorry. hilarious people will go to the show and will walk out of the show probably thinking about Eden's relationship to Poppy when there's the third layer of there's a person who wrote this and in her head is Eden and in that it's like they've got the Russian doll kind of nesting effect of these uh of these characters and and it's it's interesting that it started with with going to this dark place I don't want to ask you things that are obviously spoiler related but now I'm curious to to see what Poppy is knowing what Eden's roots are and is it just a complete sort of reversal of yeah and I do I I want to make it clear that you know I'm not saying Eden is me. No, no, of course. Right. Unplugged, <laughs> un, unhinged. It was. It's more that idea of if one had no filter and if one could just be whatever bad self they wanted. Right. Yeah. No, and it's interesting that yeah. your starting point is there. And My loved like... ones will tell you otherwise. But that's what I'm sticking to. <laughs> But like you start there, and then you're the, this person. Like, what kind of character then inhabits this person's head? Mm-hmm. It's just a neat kind of. I mean, I'm just. Where'd the title come from? That's what I'm curious about. Ooh, I'll tell you because I cut this out of the place, so people need to know. <laughs> okay, so, Poppy. I. The reason this is awkward to say is because it it's literally sounds like a monologue from the show that I cut. Okay. But but I kind of just sort of the name of the name Poppy came to me as being Eden's character. And I have this wonderful Victorian book on the meanings of flowers. You know how flowers have these different archaic meanings. Right. So if I give you a lily, it means I want you dead or whatever. Um, or a yellow rose is friendship. And Poppy, um, I, and I thought Poppy means sleep. And there's some sleep-related stuff to do with Poppy's life. Um, Poppy has trouble sleeping. 
so I made that connection. But uh, the meaning of poppy is actually fantastic extravagance. And I was just like, that's so weird and good that I have to take it. And that's the name of the novel. And then it suddenly became the well, not suddenly, over years of dramaturgical work, became the name of the play. So it was the name of the novel that the character of Poppy's in as well? Is yes. Okay. So Eden's novel that the whole book is about, this novel that's been nominated for the Giller Prize, that the whole play centers around her journey with this novel that Poppy is the heroine of, is called Fantastic Extravagance. But it also, I think, kind of captures the spirit of, you know, Eden's drama, melodrama, and her her embellishment and her kind of inflated view of the world and of herself in the world. And yeah, it kind of felt right. Fantastic extravagance, part of the 2014 Toronto Fringe Festival. One thing, sorry. Sure, yeah, no, it's It's fine. a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely a comedy. My description makes it sound like a journey down the rabbit hole of my insecurities, but it's actually very funny. <laughs> Don't use that line. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm bossing you around. But yeah, it's very funny. It's very funny. Good, good. <laughs> we'll see how I feel. Because of the actors in the direction, not because of my writing. Oh, so modest. And my writing's really funny. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a very good guest. No, 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 it's awesome. All right, well, thank you. Thank and... you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you have an upcoming Toronto-based performing arts project or production, I want to talk to you about it. Visit walkleft.ca. No, my, it's, my main it, problem in theater school was thinking I'm too much. I'm very deep. So. <laughs>